today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. You see, we are called to be ready both in season and out of season give reason for that hope that's within us. We're to be able to share the truth of the hope of the gospel. And the problem is that there are many believers today that go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. They've never shared the hope of the gospel that's within them. They've never taken the opportunity to simply share with another human being the reason why they trust in Christ, the reason why they have this hope. My question at that point is, is is there really and truly a hope that's within you? Sadly, many Christians attend church services week after week, year after year, yet never open their mouth to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. In today's message from Luke chapter 10, Pastor David admonishes us to obey the Lord's command to spread the gospel so that others might be saved. Pastor David also warns us that if we have no desire to see our loved ones receive salvation, or share the message of Jesus with others, we need to examine our hearts to see if we are truly saved. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Encouragement, Warning, and Instruction. Maybe the thing is, is you're the one that needs to go out. And as you go out, man, be praying that somebody else would join with the message, join with the word that you're sharing. He sends him out with words of encouragement, but he also gives him words of warning. In verse three, he says, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Now, I don't know about you, but suddenly I realize, okay, he's changing from encouragement now to warning. Uh, This is not a word of encouragement. You're going out as a lamb, and there are wolves all around you. In general, we understand that the gospel message is seldom ever received with great gladness. Primarily, people just don't want to know that they need a Savior. Primarily, most people don't want to know that they're a sinner and that they are lost and in great need of salvation. Primarily, they're against that. And the enemy of our souls, he's also the enemy of the gospel. And he's gonna, he, he will not stop at anything to keep the message or the messenger from going out. He will do anything and everything that he possibly can. And that opposition is so real, and it's very real for those that are actively involved in the kingdom's work. Vance Habner, another great uh, preacher of the faith from years gone by, he says that any man who takes Jesus Christ seriously becomes a target for the devil. Any man or woman in this case, who takes their walk with Jesus Christ seriously, you will become a target for the devil. But he also goes to say, most church members do not give Satan enough trouble to arouse his opposition, though. That's the sad reality. 
I believe that it's true probably in just about any church, our church included. I'm not so naive to think that everyone in our fellowship is so on fire for the Lord that, man, you are within the sights of the enemy. But you know what? If you are on fire for the Lord, you will face much persecution. You will face many trials. And you say, well, man, the devil never bothers me. (laughs) Well, maybe you never bother the devil. Maybe that's the problem there. Jesus wants to make it very clear to these 70 Hey, you're going to receive opposition when you share the message. I want, to, I want to make it very clear to you today. You're going to receive opposition whenever you share the truth of your faith with your loved ones, with your family, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, whoever it might be. When you open up to share the reality and the truth of your faith in Christ, the reality and the truth of salvation through faith in Christ, there's going to be opposition. But you're still to go out as lambs even with that opposition. Those who go out with the message of the hope of the gospel, beloved, we are never, ever supposed to go out as stormtroopers, okay? And, and you've seen them. You've, you've seen them. You know, you better turn or you're going to burn, you know? Get right or you're going to get left. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things. Uh, how many of you know of Westboro Baptist Church? The ones that show up uh, with all the signs that say, God hates fags, you're going to burn in hell, and all, all this guy. I, I want to grab those guys sometime and say, who have you ever won to Christ with that kind of an attitude, with that kind of a mindset? We're to go out as lambs. We need to understand that, listen, the message is a message of hope. It's a message of peace. It's a message of salvation. And you might ask me, well, pastor, are we supposed to go out like, like milk toast and just kind of like wimpy little things? No, but you do need to go out with the hope of that message within you and flowing from you, speaking the truth in love. What does the word say? In John chapter three, verse 16, we all know that verse, very familiar. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. But do you know John three seventeen? It says that God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son that the world through him might be saved. You see, the message that we bring, we don't need to bring a message of condemnation. People are condemned already. We need to bring a message of hope. We need to bring the reality and the truth that peace has come through Christ Jesus. That peace on earth that we speak about only at Christmas. No, that's the peace of Christ that is now available to men and women, to young people, as they turn their hearts and lives over to Christ. We understand outside of Christ, man, has absolutely no hope. We understand that outside of Christ, man is condemned to an eternity in hell. But what we need to come and do is bring to them a message of hope, a message of salvation. Paul understood that even as Paul writes to Timothy. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Beloved, That's the message that we ought to bring, the message of hope. Christ came, he gave his life so that we who are dead in our trespasses and sins might be able to receive life, life everlasting, and that's good news. And the enemy of our souls does not want you to proclaim that. 
He wants those who are lost to remain lost. And so there's going to be a continual opposition, but yet we need to continually be, a, be able and being consistent in sharing that message with the gentleness of lambs, even though the enemy comes in like a wolf. So following his word of encouragement, hey, the harvest is plentiful. His word of warning, but be careful, you're going out as lambs. There's, there's wolves everywhere. He then gives them words of instruction, how they're supposed to carry themselves as they go out. And we find here very similar instructions that he gave the 12 back in uh, chapter 9, the beginning when he sent them out. Here in chapter 10, he gives very similar instructions. Verse 4, he says, carry neither money bag or knapsack nor sandals. Greet no one along the road, but whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it, and if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. And whatever house or whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. Just as he had shared with the 12 as he sent them out, he says, I want you to go out and I want you to depend upon God. You don't need to bring a lot of extra resources with you. Just depend upon God that he's going to provide for all of your needs according to his riches in glory. As you go out, you go into homes, you will be received by those who are men and people of peace. And only those who are willing to really receive this message of the kingdom are going to be able to receive them in peace. They were to go out into these villages and they weren't supposed to jump from house to house. They were to enter into a home where they, were, again, were, were received and they were to stay there for a period of time for the whole time that they were to be in that village rather than jumping from house to house and saying, you know what, uh, I like what I smell in that guy's barbecue a whole lot better than what you put on my table. I'm going to go over to this other house. You, you know, he says, just go in and if someone receives you, stay there and minister from that point to that village. I, every Every time I read this, I think many times of years ago when we were in a particular denomination, it seemed like the pastors, that denomination, were in that kind of an attitude of jumping from house to house to house. Uh, you know, they'd start out at a small church, and then once you're kind of established at that small church, you'd start looking for the next bigger church. And then you see, you get into that next bigger church, and you start looking around for the next bigger church, and pretty soon you're just jumping from house to house to house. I kind of like the way Calvaries do it. You go out and you start one, you're stuck there for life. It's because nobody else will have you, but... Uh, no, the Lord has blessed us here. We've been here for 25 years, almost 25 years this coming March. The Lord calls you to a place. He says, just minister there. Just minister there. God will supply your needs. We understand that. We know that. As representatives of the Lord Jesus, these men were to go out as ambassadors. And as they go out into these villages and these homes, they come in a spirit of peace. And they were to heal the sick. 
and to say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. They were to come with the heart of Jesus, and yet Jesus knew that some would not receive their message. And just as you know yourself, some don't receive even the message of hope, the message of peace, the message of salvation. Some we, we speak to time and time again. We try to persuade them to for the things of God, and they still don't receive it. At this point in time, Jesus tells these here, if you come to that village and the village says, no, we don't want any of what you're speaking of. We reject these things. He says, don't become stressed out and don't even take it personal. And many times we do. You know, as we come and we try to share the gospel with someone and they reject the message. Well, sometimes we, we get stressed out or we take it personal. Oh, I knew if I would have only remembered that one other verse, that would have won them. Or if I, I should have said such and such. You know what? It's not up to you. You are called to go and to share. The results are up to God. And so if they receive it, great. If they don't receive it, don't get stressed. Don't take it personal. Just continue to share the hope that's within you. That is, if there is a hope that's within you. You see, we are called to be ready both in season and out of season to give reason for that hope that's within us. We're to be able to share the truth of the hope of the gospel. And the problem is that there are many believers today that go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. They've never shared the hope of the gospel that's within them. They've never taken the opportunity to simply share with another human being the reason why they trust in Christ, the reason why they have this hope. My question at that point is, is, is there really and truly a hope that's within you? Is there really truly a relationship with Christ? Do you know how to, in simplicity, to share the reality of that hope with another human being? Someone who is so desperately lost, who's in the world that so desperately needs a Savior, that God has caused your lives to intersect at a point and at a time. Are you able to simply share who Christ is, why you have faith in him, why you trust him with your eternity, why you have relationship with him? Or is the better question, do you really and truly have a relationship with him? Has something ever really happened in your heart and life? that you're able to share. As these men went out, they knew that there were going to be some that says, nope, we don't want it. This is the very same thing that uh, happened to Paul and Barnabas as they tried to preach to the Jews in Antioch. And the word says that uh, after they shared with them the truth, many of the Gentiles received the hope of the gospel, but many of the Jews came against it. And as a matter of fact, the Jews began to stir up uh, opposition and persecution came against Paul and Barnabas, even to the point that they, were, uh, they, they kicked them out of the area. And Acts chapter 13 tells us that Paul and Barnabas then, they literally shook the dust off their feet against them. And then they went on to Iconium. And that's what Jesus is telling these 70. He says, you know what? Just shake the very dust of that village off your sandals. That doesn't mean for you and I, we go and share the hope of the gospel and someone's not ready. That's fine. I'm done with you. And we move on. As I said before, there are seasons Sometimes it is planting a seed. Sometimes it's just watering the seed. Sometimes you, you need to just plow it up a little bit. Sometimes that, that ground is so hard, it just needs to be worked a little bit. 
Our call as believers is to share the hope of the gospel. I believe that each one of us, we're to be sent out like those 70. We're sent out to people's lives where Jesus wants to come to. Just like I'm going to be coming to those villages, I send you out first. We come in contact with people who will never come into a church door, who will never darken the door of of a Bible study at all. And as a matter of fact, you've probably heard it said multiples of times, you are probably the only Bible that some people will ever read. So my question is, is what version of the Bible are you? Uh, If you go out as a representative of Christ, what kind of representative of Christ are you? Are you a good representative of the Lord? Are you a good version of the Bible? Do you really live your life outside of these four walls in the workplace, in the home, in the neighborhood, in our community, in a way that really is a representation of Christ? that people will see you and they see how you respond. They hear your language. They hear your attitudes. They see your heart and your action. Are you really and truly a representative of Christ? And as a representative of Christ, do you remain open to be able to share the hope of the gospel? And even if they reject it, it doesn't mean that you just shut them off. Maybe the Lord continues to work in their life, continues to stir their heart. How is your life before them? To hear the hope of the gospel preached, though, for an individual to hear that time and time again, for an individual to hear the gospel clearly explained to them and laid out to them, and yet for them to continually reject the message of the gospel, to reject the messenger, that is a serious thing before the Lord. We see that time and time within the Scripture. Those who just continue to have a real hardness of heart that says, no, I don't want any part of it. And I believe that you and I, we see, we, I believe that we can sense those who either have that such a hardness and rejection versus those that, man, they're just not ready yet. They're just not ready. But when Jesus speaks of those that are so harsh that they just continually to reject the hope of the gospel, he brings a pretty severe condemnation on them. As a matter of fact, Jesus, in speaking about these villages that may not receive the message of the 70, in verse 12, he says, but I say to you that it's going to be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Now, we know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says it's going to be more tolerable for them. Why would that be? Well, because these cities, the message is coming to them. The hope of the gospel is coming to them. These messengers going out as representatives of Christ. For Sodom and Gomorrah, we, we know this was before Christ. These, these guys were just totally lost. They had no connection. Were they condemned? Absolutely. But as he says, it's going to be more tolerable for them because they didn't have the same message that these cities are going to have to them. He goes on to speak in verse 13. He says, Woe to you, Chorazin, and woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, They would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it'll be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, you'll be brought down to Hades. Well, what's he saying here? Well, Chorazin and Bethsaida, those are two cities that were up in Galilee. And the ministry of Jesus for three, three and a half years was up in the Galilean area. 
He had ministered all around these communities, people from within these communities. They had heard, they had experienced, uh, again, the hand and the work of the Lord. And yet they rejected his truth. Christ compared them to Tyre and Sidon, which were cities along the coast. These were Gentile cities. These were pagan cities. These were outside of where the ministry of Christ was at that time. And again, he's saying, it's going to be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon, these two pagan Gentile cities, than for you, Chorazam and and Bethsaida, because you've heard, you've seen, you've experienced that truth. And for someone to come into a fellowship or to come into a church or to hear the message and the hope of the gospel, time and time and time again, and yet they continue to reject the truth and the hope of the gospel. What Jesus is saying, it's going to be more tolerable for those who had never heard than for you who have come and sat under the teaching of the word week after week after week, and still you continue to reject the hope of the gospel. You reject the message of the gospel. You see, it's a very serious thing to reject the peace, the ministry, the love, and the compassion of Christ as it's poured out, as it's given, as it's demonstrated, and we continue to have a hard heart and turn away from these things. And we sit and we smile and we go through the motions, go through the actions, but never truly receiving that hope of the gospel. Chorazam and Bethsaida, Jewish cities, the Lord had ministered there, and yet they rejected it. Then he speaks about Capernaum. Well, we know about Capernaum. Capernaum, that, that was, the, that was the, the base of operations for Jesus as he ministered in the Galilean area. He would always go back to Capernaum. Many miracles were done in Capernaum, and yet as a city, as a whole village, they had rejected the message of Christ. And Jesus said, man, you, you've been exalted to the heavens. Why Why is that? Because Christ had been there. Christ had ministered personally right in that city. He says, and yet you're going to be cast down to Hades. Why? Because they had not received the hope and the message of the truth. They rejected Christ. They rejected his message. And it seems pretty clear that once the Lord Jesus has revealed himself to someone, and revealed himself over and over, has revealed his grace and his mercy, has revealed his love and his compassion, has revealed to them the hope of the gospel, and they continue to reject that hope of the gospel, that the consequences for those individuals is extremely severe. There will come a time when the Spirit of God will no longer strive with that individual, no longer opening up their hearts, no longer will the message be brought to them. And the reality is, the opportunity that they have to receive Christ will at one time eventually come to an end. And some of that, that, that goes for those, as verse 16, he who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. It's a severe thing to reject the call of God in our lives. I wonder how many are in church week after week. They sing the songs, they fellowship together. Really and truly, they've never surrendered their life wholly and completely to Christ. They come, they want to be good. They hang around with good people. They try to do good things. But it's not your goodness that, that, that makes the difference. It's not your goodness that builds relationship with God. It's when you come and you surrender your life, knowing and proclaiming, not by my goodness, Lord, not by my abilities, but because of your goodness, I need to surrender 
my life to you. You've never really come to that point in time of your life, that point of surrender, that point of full acceptance that says, Lord, it's not my strength, it's not my goodness. I know that. I know that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was on my behalf, and I want to receive that. I want to surrender my life to that. Learning more about Jesus is the single most important thing we can do as Christians. As we carefully consider how Jesus lived, we see beautiful examples that can apply to our lives. Though the entire Bible is rich with symbols and images that point to Jesus, the Gospels are grand central station for who Jesus is. Join us each day as Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.